The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. We welcome you to Raiders Roundtable, brought to you by America First Credit Union. I'm JT, Eddie Pascal with me as always, and Lincoln Kennedy coming up a little bit later on in the show. The Raiders got a much-needed win, a dominant win, the first win for the interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, and the first win for the starting quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. Eddie, I would say that's a good day. Yeah, check, check, and check. I mean, we were at you know going into Sunday. I mean, I would have settled for a win, right, just a W. But the fact that it was a dominant win, we were talking to Jason Fitz. He called it a beer game, right, a game where second quarter you pop open that beer, no stress, just enjoying the vibes. And, man, it was awesome. A lot of positive energy mm-hmm. coming out of this organization, certainly coming out of the Raiders locker room. And, man, it was a, it was a ton of fun Sunday afternoon. The Raiders had to win the game. Yeah. There was no way to spin it. I mean, you got the interim head coach pop and bounce. We've seen that with other teams. You know you're going to have to win that game. They were a better team. The Giants weren't an elite team, so they had to take care of business. And we'll get to the Jets coming up as they come in for Sunday night football. But everything that needed to happen in that game happened, almost everything, because they had to establish the run, get Josh going. They did it. The quarterback didn't turn it over, and the defense had some big plays. As we see Aiden O'Connell coming out here, and this is his first Big game because it's at home at Allegiant Stadium. He's the starter, and you could tell, Eddie, the goal was to establish the run early. Yeah, I mean, we look at that opening drive, JT. I think it was five rushes mm-hmm. and, and one pass from Aiden O'Connell en route to seven points. But, you know, I was just so impressed by the offensive game plan in general. You got a rookie quarterback out there. Yeah, he's really talented. You feel good about him, but don't make him too much. Make him do too much when you have all these incredible playmakers on that side of the ball. Yeah, and Ed made a great pass here over the middle to Jacoby Myers. I'm a big Jacoby Myers guy. When he touches the ball, he does something with it. He's a great red zone target. He's an efficient player. Very good in the passing game. Good in the red zone. I'd like to see more of this because that route that we talked about, let's see more in the middle of the field instead of really difficult balls on the sideline where players have to come up and make big plays. And how about Jacoby here on that sprint to the outside? The blocking was key, especially DeAndre uh, Devontae downfield. I mean, and he got a little bit of love from Aiden O'Connell mm-hmm. after the game for that. But, I mean, you talk about that opening drive, and I think we had so much, there was so much energy focused on that opening drive from the fan base. What are the Raiders going to show? And Really, JT, they established their their authority. They established who they were going to be the entire afternoon on that on that opening drive there. And the defense knew that they were going to have to stop the run. Daniel Jones played early, but he wasn't at 100%. No. When he went down this time, when he went down this time, I was wondering if it was an Achilles because we saw Aaron Rodgers on opening night, and then we had the non-contact. You say to yourself, oh, no, you wish this kid well, and you hope that he could be healthy in the league. But right here was the key to the game. He went down, he planted, the knee was gone, and he's gone for the year. Yeah, I mean, it's a bummer, man. It's unfortunate. It you don't want to see, you don't ever want to see this happen. And, but the reality is you can't punish the Raiders for taking mm. advantage of the opportunity after Daniel Jones went out. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's the unfortunate nature of this game sometimes, and you just hope that he's back sooner than later. Yeah, the Raiders were great. That pass rush was unbelievable. DeVito didn't have a lot of tough, a lot of time here to make a lot of decisions in the game. The pursuit of Max Crosby, that we're seeing him tracking the ball down. He goes after DeVito a little bit there, a little pushing and shoving. But classic Max Crosby, three sacks in the game. He brought his A game as always. Yeah, I mean, I know we're going to talk about it, but I think it's time that we have a serious, not just wearing our silver and black tinted glasses, but a serious conversation about Max Crosby, yeah. Defensive Player of the Year. Well, we got to get him in the running for it because some insiders don't even have him in the running. It's, and it's ridiculous yeah. now. But for, for Saquon Barkley, he's a good player in this league. We knew that we'd see Patrick Graham's defense along with Antonio Pierce. 
the former linebacker coach, come in there and really assert their energy to tackle well, something they weren't doing. They've been very spotty. They have a good game of tackling, then a poor game. I think this was a solid game overall. A lot of it had to do with the energy. Yeah, 100%. When we talk about that energy, I mean, you can feel it when you walk into this building, right? Mm-hmm. You can certainly feel yeah. it at Allegiant Stadium. The defense brought the heat. They brought the juice. Saquon, or Saquon finishes 16 for 90. But, man, you talk about it. He's a good player. A good player is going to get theirs, but credit Patrick Graham's defense for holding And up. I know you tweeted when Hunter caught a pass. Yes, sir. Yes, you were excited along with the fans who got on their feet for Hunter Renfro. And I love what I love about this play is they went five wide, and I scream it from the mountaintops. Yes. Go five wide and don't have a back, don't have a full back. Don't worry about chipping anyone because the ball's going to come out quick when you go five wide. And good to see Hunter Renfro involved in the early stages of this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sunday was a game of moments, right? And I think that moment for Hunter, we see his second catch here. I mean, that first catch, it just felt it's like such a release for him. And the fact that the fan base could recognize that and, and kind of give him his due was really, really cool. Offensive line played great. Yeah, they we'll sure go did. over that throughout the show. Their PFF grades, they played really hard. Uh, they did an unbelievable job run blocking, but I love the pass protection even more, especially with the schedule coming up as we get to that. So this was an important game for the offense, for the quarterback not to have to do too much, for Josh Jacobs to have a wake-up game, and the offensive line. Uh, the Raiders here, this interception by Amik Robertson was just one of the great highlight plays we've seen in the NFL this year. Yeah, I mean, Amik, we, we talk about it all the time, right? People count Amik out all the time, and what does he do? He just makes plays. He's a, a very athletic dude. We, we kind of sleep on him because of his size and the fact that, yeah, sometimes he gets beaten, and it's not the prettiest thing in the world. But, I mean, big credit to him, man, doing his thing out there. Got to make plays. The Got to. Takeaway this year was the Raiders we knew in training camp when we were there, Eddie, in the mm-hmm. preseason, the goal was to turn the ball over more, and now those turnovers are starting to mount and they're starting to add up, and I think that's really important for the morale of the overall team. Yeah, 100%, and we're starting to see it come in bunches now. We're starting to see, and it's not just Max Crosby, right? We know what we're going to get from Max, but the fact that it's other guys on the secondary is great. This is the biggest play of the game, Trey Tucker's bomb. We want to see deep balls thrown. He got behind the corner. The safety was late. He held on to it. I watched that live, sitting in my seats, and then I looked at it four or five times. We just saw it again. That was one great catch before the second Josh Jacobs touchdown. Completely sold out. I mean, that is about as full extension as you can as you can have. And I think the important thing to note is you look at Devontae's reaction to that catch, too. A guy who's engaged, a guy who's involved. And, yeah, the ball didn't go to him, but he's celebrating his dudes out there big time. Well, Eric Allen said it yesterday on Press Conference Live that you saw Antonio Pierce talk to Devontae throughout the game. Basically saying, you're going to get yours. You're going to get yours. Let's just get this going. Then another tip ball, Nate Hobbs. Yeah, there he is. Nate healthy and explosive and around the football. Like I said, I think Nate's one of the most important players on this defense because he can be in the slot on the outside. He can do everything, and he can get behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and again, like the big thing for me, JT, is the fact that we are now seeing these explosive game-changing plays from guys not wearing number 98. That is the big one for me. I don't care if it's Nate, Amik, Marcus Peters last week, Robert Splain. There are multiple guys who are impacting the game. That's how the yeah, Marcus Peters could have got an interception. Yep. Luckily, he kept the ball alive and in the air. And Nate showed a lot of emotion, and the defense followed him back. And then Aiden O'Connell making plays here. This went to Carter on a really quick bubble screen that I like a lot. Normally, if you're going to hit someone behind the line of scrimmage, the blocking's got to be there. Look, Eddie, the game was over at this yeah, point. Yeah, I was going to say, we haven't even mentioned the fact that it's 24 nothing early is, in the third yeah, quarter. it's 24 nothing, and a lot of fans were asking me at, and later in the game, how come the offense didn't stay explosive? Well, the goal here was to put this game away, and they came out in the second half, and they had a nice drive early on. Here's Daniel Carlson, who looks to be back completely healthy. I hope that's the case. 20 
seven to nothing with eight twenty-three. So the game's over at this point. Now you want to keep everybody healthy. You want to go out there and finish the game. And I think that changed the game plan a little bit more on offense. What a great thing to be able to complain about too. Yeah. Like, hey, we're up twenty-seven nothing. Where sure. are the the chunk plays? Like, but to me, to your point, right? Feed Josh, play smart. I think Bo Hardigree deserves a ton of credit for managing this game in the best possible way, understanding the game scenario, the game situation. And to your point, keeping guys healthy, doing just enough to keep your foot on the gas. But hey, we don't need to be in the Ferrari of 27-0. Yeah, I wouldn't call this a broken play, but the Giants only touchdown. A little miscommunication in the back of the end zone. And that's, you know, that's something yeah, that they'll correct this week. Yeah. Mary came over a little bit late here. And after that play, they tried to go for two. They didn't get it there. And, you know, the Raiders were just pinning their ears back. And look at Max. That's a play which was a big play here because he didn't get a late hit. Mm-hmm. Max was going a million miles an hour here, uh, going after DeVito on the sideline, pulls back, knows there's no need to make a statement here, which was really important. And then... The Raider defense in the fourth quarter doing what they had to do. There were still a lot of sacks available there. How about that hit? I could hear that upstairs when Amik made this hit here because this was going to be an easy catch right in the breadbasket, and Amik Robertson comes over and blows it out. Well, I think we talk about the kind of new energy, the new attitude of this Raiders collective, but you talk about the defense. To your point, an easy catch, and Amik says, no, 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 nothing easy for the Giants. Even up 27-6 in a game that is largely over, nothing easy. Raiders needed this win because they they didn't have to have a stress game. It wasn't a game that came down to the fourth quarter. There was still a lot of sacks to be made late in this game. And Max talked about it on his podcast, and he said, you know, he missed one late. He missed it on the last play of the game, and uh, Max was going. Those are those games where you can get a couple extra stats Mm -hmm. padded to you. And there's Antonio Pierce after the game coming over, his first victory as the interim head coach, coming over to Brian Dable, who was the coach of the year last year in the entire NFL. Yeah, I mean, just an incredible moment, an incredible atmosphere at Allegiant Stadium. I mean, to me, and we've talked about it a bunch, just I'm so happy for the fan base that they were able to have that afternoon at Allegiant, to have that place rocking, and to be able to go home and celebrate and say, hey, we're going to enjoy a victory Monday. Yeah, it was a nice game for the Raiders, 125 rushing yards, 3 of 4 in the red zone, only 4 penalties, passing yards. Yards over 200, 209, and the key stat, 334 total yards. So it was a rushing game, Eddie. Yes. The goal was to rush the football, establish the run. I think a lot of that's going to be the same with the Jets coming up. So Bo Hardigree called a good game, and I think he's going to have to call similar games like this going forward. Yeah, and I think what's great if you're a fan of this team and, and kind of understanding Bo Hardigree and where he fits into the scheme now, right, is that you have one under your belt, mm-hmm. and it's a great one to have under your belt. So I don't want to say you can just kind of rinse and repeat and say, hey, we're going to do that again. But Bo's able to see, okay, some of the overall concepts that I had, some of the things that I was hoping would work, okay, they did work. How do we grow from that? How do we evolve from that? How do we kind of take the branch and, and kind of build off? So look, I'm really excited for Sunday, or excuse me, Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium coming up, and it'll be great. Yeah, the only concern I have a little bit here is 5 of 14 on third down, sure. and I think that third down is still very critical for the Raiders because they just struggle on that play call or what they want to do on third down, and you know, you get it on first down, say you get six yards, you hand it off up the middle, you don't get much. Then you're sitting here, you're at third and four or five, and you just got to make kind of a simple play. But the opponent wants to get off the field. The Raiders have all these options, and I think that's something they have to work on here, and it's critical going forward. I believe that's where Devontae is going to get more targets. Where are the Devontae targets still? Where are the receptions? Well, 
How about more concentration on third down? And I think third down over the middle of the field. What we saw with Aiden O'Connell, he's very comfortable with everything right in front of him. And I think if Devontae's cutting through, I think if Jacoby Myers is coming across the middle, one of them will be wide open. And then, Eddie, you just need a couple of first downs on third down to stay on the field so you can get those Trey Tucker plays. Michael Mayer over the middle of the field. It's very critical to stay on the field on third down, and that's been a struggle for the Raiders all year. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, if we're, if we're going to try to find things to parse through from Sunday, yeah, third down. you got to yep, be better on be third better. down. I think some of that is a rookie quarterback. I think some of that is, is a Bo Hardegree kind of still trying to figure out. There's so much change. I mean, you know as well as I do. The past week in this building was a week of change. And so, look, uh, you like to make those corrections when you're coming off of a pretty dominant win, but going forward now, welcoming the Jets in on Sunday and then really getting into the meat of the schedule, yeah, third down's got to be better. We saw the Jets. That's last night, and they were really struggling. They struggled. You know they're going to play better coming in here. The Raiders got a victory Monday. They got a couple of days off. Antonio Pierce did a lot last week with the media game plans. He lived in the offensive line room. He told us a lot, and one door closed and another big door opened with a victory. When we come back, the All-Pro Lincoln Kennedy will join us. We'll get into the Raiders' offensive line performance, and we'll start the preview coming up Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium against the New York Jets. You're watching and listening to Raiders Roundtable. Like we talked about it, man. Blank sheet, new chapter, we writing our own script. Write our own script, man, that's just one step, man. You guys know how this go. But more importantly, man, this is about us. This is about you. You guys made up your minds, what we was gonna do, and we did it. Exactly what the we said, and then we did it. Hey, man, I know the coaches, the whole organization, the whole building is proud of us. More importantly, I'm happy for you guys. That was rough the last two weeks. Biggest window? The front window. And guess what? Every door we go into, we're kicking that from now on. So no thanks about it, man. Hey, man. You know what this time is? I'll see you. Win! Cigars going. Yes. Such a different vibe. He oh. said, he said in his prayer, you know what got me like you, James, <laughs> on Wednesday when he said Raider Nation versus everybody. Yeah. I mean, Man. a leader of men, he inspired everybody. And the thing that was missing was the connection with the players. Yep. That feel like we are all in this together. Forget everybody else. We're all at the same level. We're all gonna do this together. And we just felt that. Yeah, that's unique. That's like no other locker room mm. in the nation. Mm. That's like that. Colorado locker room at the beginning of the season, right? Yep. That's the kind of vibe we're getting right now, and it's going to last. That effort is going to be there. You may not win every football game, but that effort, that authenticity is going to be there. He is just so, so right for this job at this point right that, now. That brotherhood and that camaraderie is going to be contagious. Mm -hmm. That feeling they haven't had in a long time is going to go into that Jets game, and it's going to be a tough game, but yeah, yeah. that's hard to capture. I'm putting my money on AP. It's hard to capture that. <laughs> I will see you Wednesday. You know, you know what that just did to them boys right here? You know how hard they going to come out on Sunday and play? Yeah. Yeah. Saying we ain't finna mess this schedule up because we know when we beat up on the Jets, I will see you <laughs> Wednesday. When was the next time they had a day off? 
How about James Jones, mm. Raiders game day? Welcome back to Raiders Roundtable. JT, Eddie Pascal, we bring in the great Lincoln Kennedy. And Lincoln, let's just work off before we get into the game, just the happiness inside the locker room, the cigars, the fun, the coach. Raiders needed that at the right time if they were going to pivot and turn this season around. A lot of drama going into that game, and the Raiders delivered. Yeah, first of all, it's good to be with you guys. I, there's two things I will say. First and foremost, congratulations, Raiders. AP, you guys did a hell of a job. But I will say this. When you're yelling Raiders, it's got to be one breath. You can't take a <laughs> breath in between. So you can't say Raiders. No, no, no. It's got to be one breath. You got to work on that, breathing from that diaphragm. And, and the second part, I'll, hey, guys, if you're going to break out cigars, let's do it after we have at least five, six wins before. But I get it. I get it. Hey, look, I'm all happy for you. No. You know what? Here's the thing. JT, we were talking about it, you know, and a lot of people had asked me, what, what could we expect? from the Raiders this past Sunday with AP getting a new deal. And I said, we just don't know. Today's player, in my opinion, guys, is very different than what I was accustomed to. Very different than what Antonio Pierce played with and played accustomed to. And it's been my experience that coaches that who have played the game before generally want their players to take on the same type of attitude, preparation, and, and execution that they did as pros. A lot of times that's not the case. It's always harder to get that out of someone else that you thought that you might have gotten out of yourself. But with that being said, I think that we saw a tremendous effort this past Sunday against the Giants. Now, for you guys, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I'm taking it tongue-in-cheek because, first of all, the Giants aren't a very good team, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Secondly, the Raiders got to win as they should against a team they should have beat. But I felt the same thing about Pittsburgh. I felt the same thing about Chicago. Ended up in getting two losses. I'm not saying the season is over with by any stretch of the imagination, but the Raiders need to play more like that going forward, especially when they get into playing some of those good offensive teams like the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%, Link. I mean, this Raiders team is going to have a huge test in front of them this Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium. But, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you about is, and I forget who uh, who asked it during his introductory press conference, but someone asked AP about how he's evolved as a coach. And he gave this great answer about, hey, you know, I've been a high school coach, I've worked in college, and now I've, I've been in the NFL, and I've been able to grow and mature. And I've had guys on every step of the journey, and he understands how you have to change. To your point, Link, that the, the NFL player in 2023 is a lot different than the NFL player in 2001. Lincoln, from a player's perspective, how important is it that AP can relate to the guys in that locker room, that he can speak their language, that he understands the value of a day off during a long season? First of all, I'll say, I, I say relation and relating to the players, I think is a little overrated. Results mm. are what the players want to see. I don't, you know, it's, it's in my opinion that a nine-year-old young girl can coach a team. If she wins, they'll win and they'll be successful. They don't care who it is. They just want to, they just want to win. And that's what the players want. The players, the players don't go to a team to lose. They don't. You'll have players that'll get in that mode and start collecting a check. But for the most part, they don't go to a team. They don't want to be on a team to lose. Nobody wants to lose uh, on in the level of competition. So I think as far as AP has been able to relate, one, you learn from your mistakes as you go up that ladder. As you excel up that ladder, that coaching ladder, you learn what you did, you did well, learn what you can sort of uh, duplicate, and you learn what you might need to stay away from, might need to refrain from. That's all a learning process. Even some of the most older and savvy veteran coaches had to learn these certain these lessons as they move along. For AP, it comes down to managing a team. You are the linebacker coach, and you do have some say in that, that side of the room. But more importantly, we need you to manage the team. When to go? Are we going for it on fourth down? Are we punting? Are we kicking? Should we try an onside kick? Should we go for it on fourth down? Managing a game. That's what the head coach, to me, is involved in. This other stuff, you know, as being a, a, 
a player's coach. I think that's a little bit overrated because you can't be too close to the players uh, or, you know, they might turn on you or might not give you what you want. It's it's good to have some sense of authority and that hierarchy naturally built in. But more importantly, it's about the results, Eddie. Lincoln, I think it was evident to everyone that they wanted to run the ball. That was the game plan. A new offensive coordinator, and they've still been trying to get Josh Jacobs going. Two check marks. It was an easier game plan to run it, get the offensive line going downhill, play physical because Antonio Pierce said all week the physical aspect of it was what he would deliver. He would make sure that would be there to start off the game. What would you think sitting in the booth with Jason Horowitz and seeing a heavy dose of Jacobs early in this game? Well, I, I thought we've gotten better, progressively better in the run game. Now, that's still one game. This next chance, uh, team that you're going to take on the Jets is pretty darn good against the run, too. So you'll have another chance to go out there. But the thing is, is that what we saw, we saw a commitment to not only calling the plays, but we also saw a better commitment, guys, collectively out of the execution. I saw the, the front line, the offensive line of the Raiders block the box, what you were supposed to. I'm, I want the corners and safeties to make the tackles on my running back rather than linebackers or defensive line. And I think that's what they've done. So going forward, I think it's a lesson uh, to, that's going to definitely um, pay big dividends for the Raiders. But most importantly, guys, it's, it's about the execution. What I saw this past Sunday was that the Raiders got after them and then they got a little confidence. That confidence you know, kind of grew as the game went on, but I knew they absolutely essential to have a running game because a running game, in, in essence, is a young quarterback's best friend. You know, like we talk about the commitment to the running game, season-high rushing attempts for the Silver and Black, 34, which is music to my ears, especially to your point, Link, with a young quarterback. But we, we heard from Josh about, uh, Jake, as I should say, after the game about getting in a rhythm, right, and knowing that he was going to get his reps. For an offensive line, right, for the big guys up front, Link, when you know that's going to be kind of the plan, that's going to be the goal, the objective, does it help the big guys up front, those front five, to get into a rhythm, knowing, hey, we're going to have 30-plus chances to go kind of exert our will on the defensive line? Well, without having a number in mind, what you want to do is you want to go out there. And when the first run happens, Eddie, you want to come off the ball. You want to knock that other SOB in the mouth. And more importantly, you want to have good production on that first run because you want to look over to the sidelines and see whoever the run coordinator, the run caller, the the coaches are. You want to be able to shake your head like, yeah, we got it. We got this. Let's do this. That's what offensive linemen do. We like to salivate. We like to slobber at the mouth because we want to knock somebody in the mouth. And the only way you do that is by going forward. If you have success with those runs, like we saw early in the game, JT and Eddie, mm-hmm. then it's more you're more apt to call it later in the game. And sometimes those two, three-yard runs will break into a big, nice little chunk of the game if it's not a breakaway. I thought it was great that they handed it to Jacoby Myers in the backfield and Josh had a couple of touchdowns. I like the way that Bo called the game because you had guys in motion. They went five wide. Everybody on the Giants' sideline knew it was Josh Jacobs' day. They couldn't stop him, and they had sustained drives. What was only interesting to me, Lincoln, before you came on, we were saying that the game was over so early. I think it changed the overall game plan of what they wanted to do. They didn't want to give the ball away. Daniel Jones is out of the game. Do you think they get a little bit conservative after that because, A, they're running it well, and, B, the Giants' starting quarterback's out for the game, and they had a big lead, and they wanted to put a bow on it and make sure they could secure that lead? Well, JT, that conservatism is both ways. It goes with the coaches as well as the players. A player looks up on the screen and says, look, we got them down 24-0 or 27-6 or something like that. You think the game is over. Mm-hmm. You're counting the minutes to be the game is over. You're not really thinking about that. That also affects your, your psyche if you think about it, guys. You're not coming off with the same vigor, the same amount of ump in the first quarter that you did in the fourth quarter when you know the game's in hand or it's, you're, you're not as pressed. So there is going to be a little bit of, uh, of being conservative in, in those realms. That's going to happen. I think that's a natural terror. 
What I was most concerned about, and I told Jason in the second half of the broadcast, I want to see if the Raiders can finish because I know the Giants are going to make it, uh, adjustments, and they did. Uh, and they were able to do some things moving the ball the second half they weren't able to do in the first half. But the big thing for me was the Raiders making adjustments. Okay, we see they want to run Saquon Barkley. Okay, you know they're going to try to find a way to get the ball to number 26. More importantly, you know that they're going to try to find a way to get the quarterback, the ball to the quarterback's hands, whomever it is, you know, either uh, Danielson or uh, uh, DeVito. And you saw that. You saw that in the second half. And you also saw them have a little bit of success. So the my issue is always about the Raiders finishing games. We got spoiled last year when we saw this offense and the Raiders jump up on people, several opponents with double-digit deficits, not make the same adjustments in the second half, and then end up losing the game. You know, Link, you and I have talked so much this year about the Raiders' red zone woes, and it had to be better. It had to be better. Well, it certainly was better Sunday against the Giants. They go 3 or 4 in the red zone. But to me, so much of what we saw for the first, you know, whatever it is, eight games of the year, was it, it felt confusing down in the red zone. It felt like, yeah, are we getting too cute? What's our identity? Who do we want to be? And so many times I'm sitting up in the box, I'm going, just run the ball. You got one of the best running backs in the NFL. Run the ball in the red zone. And that's exactly what they did against the Giants. They ran the ball 70% of the plays in the red zone. Like, we talk about that offensive line getting in a groove. We talk about Josh getting confident. I mean, what is that? Me- what kind of message does that send to the defense? You say, hey, we're down. We're down close to the goal line. And what we're going to do, we're not going to get too fancy. We are going to run the ball right down your throat. Well, I mean, as far as the message sends to the rest of the team is that, you know, we're going to take care of business and we'd much rather score touchdowns and field goals. I think that's what it what it says to the rest of the team. Look, the thing when it comes down to it, guys, we you know, prior to this giant game, we saw the Raiders try to run the ball in the red zone. We saw the Raiders, you know, kind of hit their head against the goalposts and, and not necessarily in a good way of scoring touchdowns, more field goals and touchdowns. And so offensively, this team has been challenged for quite some time. This was their first breakout game of the season. How long did how how many people expected it to wait to this time before you said that about the offense? But I will say this. You know, when it comes down to execution and it comes down to um, play selection, what I was, what I've been seriously lacking, and I'm only seeing it in brief spots this season with the Raiders, is creativity. You know, when you watch other teams, you watch, and I hate to say it, but you watch the Kansas City Chiefs over in Germany. They got creative when they got down there in the red zone. They got creative when they got around the goalpost, I mean, the goal line. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take, to me, a level of ingenuity and creativity to find a way to get the ball to number 17 when you know they're going to double-team double, double team him. If you have him on the outside receiver, you know there's going to be a safety over top and there's going to be a corner underneath. You already know that. So you've got to find more creative ways of doing that. Either put another receiver out there or put him in slot, try to find a way to get the ball, but you've got to move him around. And that's what I think we have to open up creativity-wise with this offense. We have to show more creativity with the mm-hmm. offense because you've got a number of playmakers. Jacoby Myers has come on the scene. you got Devontae Adams. you got Josh Jacobs who can catch out of the backfield. Hunter Renfro, Michael Mayer. I mean, the list goes on and on. I can go down the list of potential threats and players, impact players, but we got to find a way to get them the football. Well, good segue to Aiden O'Connell who got his first win, and he had a clean stat sheet, and that was important. He didn't turn it over. I thought he had command of the huddle. He got in and out of the huddle when he had to. As we listen and look at some of the highlights of this game I like his poise I said that even in the Charger game he threw the interception late but I like the way he looked in that game and handled the media before and after so Lincoln I'm good with him okay this is Jimmy Garoppolo's team a couple of weeks ago it no longer is and and AP coach AP said that we're going to need Jimmy later in the season and he's probably right this is a violent league here but coming off what you saw him do in LA against the Chargers what obvious improvements and maybe some improvements our viewers and listeners didn't see that you liked at a number four a better understanding of the defense and how defenses are going to play him 
That's what I saw. That's what I saw. The difference between the Charger game and what I saw against the Giants. A better understanding of the defense and how they're going to play them. A better understanding of knowing where you can go with the football. Pre-snap reads are absolutely huge in everyone's offense, JT. Mm-hmm. But most especially this offense. More times than not, it's the quarterback coming to the line, reading the safeties, and then looking at the corners to see if they're playing outside or inside coverage, uh, maintaining discipline. But there were there were a couple times during this Giants games, guys, where there was a big voice in the middle of the defense because the linebackers were up close or they had ran out there or they were blitzing for for Aiden to be able to hit slants behind. And it turned out to be very well because there's nobody in the middle. That's just being smart and taking what the defense gives you. And that's what you're going to need more of going forward. I thought Aiden played a lot better than he did in the Charger game, mainly because his internal clock was sped up, but also the fact, and here's the main call, guys, he had a running game. He didn't have a running game against the Chargers the first time. He had a running game. And when you have that balance, that's why the running game becomes a quarterback's best friend because you don't have to rely on my arm strength or my decision-making up top if we don't have to. First and second down, if we can run the ball and get uh, get some yards, we set up a much more manageable second and third down situation. That's what you're looking for as a quarterback. You know, one thing, and we talked a lot about Bo Hardegree in the game that he called on Sunday, Link, and I think he deserves a ton of credit for what he was able to do on short notice there. But, you know, we talked about the run game and, and how that really was a rookie quarterback's best friend. But to me, one thing that I look at, at the shots that Aiden was able to take and the fact that, hey, he, there were a few moments where he let it rip, right? We saw that play to Trey Tucker. We saw that explosive play that we've all been dying to see. And, and I'm just curious, like, when you look at the offensive game plan in, in totality, right, and the importance of putting uh, Aiden in positions of, yes, the, I'm comfortable here, I'm comfortable there, but also the the importance of having that deep threat. What does that do for an offense when they have to acknowledge that, Lincoln? Well, it makes the defense be honest, Eddie. And the thing about it is that that last play that you talk, I mean, that play you're talking about with Trey Tucker, the Giants were bringing a blitz, and the safeties are playing shallow. There's no safety in the deep third. You got to take that shot. And if you don't, defenses aren't going to respect it. See, if you don't take those types of shot, guys, they're going to walk a safety up in the box if they think number eight is going to get the football or they think that you're going to go short. They're going to walk another safety up in the box to try to take away the double move that Hunter Renfro has done in the past. I haven't seen a lot of it this year, but if it's not Devontae Adams or if it's Hunter Renfro or even Jacoby Myers, they want to take that away. So they want to take the short and intermediate routes that the Raiders have been living on throughout the season. They want to take those away. So you've got to take those deep shots and it's it's a great job that Tucker was able to stretch out for that football and bring it in because now it, it, it that resonates in defensive coordinators' minds. And if I was a defensive coordinator, like when I used to coach my sons, when especially on defense, I used to tell my oldest son, do not let anybody behind you. And I used to make him run or do push-ups if anybody ever got behind him because I'm telling the safety, you're the last word. I don't want anybody behind you. So that you'll see defenses will probably go back to that if they're fe- if they're threatened by the deep pass. Lincoln, I've been dying to ask you this all week. The playbook that was here two weeks ago had a lot of verbiage, a lot of verbiage, and the play caller, the former head coach, Josh McDaniels, didn't give anybody any room. You're going to run the play. And that was his way. That's fine. That's, he was very successful with that. You're going to run the play, and you're going to run this play exclusively. Maybe go to the second option. Is there a chance with the, with the complicated verbiage to not throw out the playbook but have a completely different one and take away some of the plays that didn't work and some of the conservative plays and get more aggressive for a new play caller? How complicated is that? Because when they went five wide and they hit Trey and they're running some crossing routes that you and I have been talking about forever around here, they finally ran them. Could we see a new playbook the second half of the season? I'm leery to say that you go for a new playbook now because you don't have the time to install it and Mm -hmm. practice it. 
What I would say is if that was the case, if that's something that you're truly looking for and it's something that maybe the coaching staff want to do, I don't know. But you would use the buy. You would you would prepare mm-hmm. up until the point as you use the buy. Uh, you're going to use the buy. I, I was I'll share this with you guys. My six, most successful season as a professional was our Super Bowl year. I, I I'm I'm might be exaggerating, but I doubt it seriously. Guys, we only ran eleven plays, eleven mm-hmm. twelve plays. My we had point. different variations of those plays. And what typically, in my experience, when you come to training camp, or even in these days, because you have mini camps, when you go to mini camp, you'll have an offensive coordinator or offensive minded coach that'll come out and give you the whole entire playbook. And it's about the size of two phone books, old school phone books. I know a lot of our listeners <laughs> don't know what phone books are, but old school phone books used to be really thick, used to be that size. And they would literally try to go through every single play to see what what keeps, what touches, what what makes sense for this type of team that you have. And the reason why I say that is that you could still have that. Bo can still do that. However, you want to take a few minuscule things from the old playbook, Mm -hmm. mix it in with your new playbook, and then you want to try to find a way to do different variations, and that's what the bio will be used for. So it's not a new playbook Mm -hmm. by any stretch, but it might just be some changes and variations to figure out what you do well towards the second half of the season. You know, like we've spent so much time talking about the offense for good reason. It was exciting. It was explosive. It was candidly what all of us have wanted to see for about eight weeks. But shifting to the defensive side of the football, Max Crosby playing out of his mind against me if you've heard that before. But Link, with three sacks uh, against the Giants on Sunday, JT and I were kind of talking about it. What does this man need to do to kind of ascend into that national conversation for Defensive Player of the Year? Because you look at just the numbers, take the name away of it, uh, take the name away. This guy is playing at an elite level in 2023. The only problem is that the guys that are in front of him or talked about more have been doing it longer. Mm. That's the only problem. I mean, Max Crosby has already positioned himself as one of those stellar standout defensive players. There's no doubt about it. But when you talk about TJ Watt, you talk about Aaron Donald, and I'm just throwing out names. I don't know where they are statistically. I don't have them up in front of me. But you talk about other players that have been the player of the year. Max is going to get his due, his his recognition. But I also tell it comes down to the overall wins loss for the team, you know, how they finish that. And more importantly, who else, how this defense plays on from here on out. Because it's games like that, at times like that, you know, when you saw the Giants game that you'll see even more Sunday night, when you get that primetime recognition that you'll resonate in people's minds. And it's been my experience that usually once a year, the year before when a guy has a breakout year, now he puts himself on the, on the top of everybody's tongue to talk about those conversations. If he continue to do it, then you'll be noticed. But, I mean, that's the only issue. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think Max Crosby should be considered for player defensive player of the year, without a doubt. But I, I also know the guys that are kind of talked about in, in the media spotlight ahead of him have been doing it for a little bit longer than he has. I'm really enjoying watching the defensive line play. I, I am. I like the stunts. I like the rotation. I've complained about it in the past. It seemed to be one guy who played at a high level and everyone else was just guys trying to do their job. That's not the case anymore. I'm very proud to say that and see that around this team and getting to know some of the guys that they really want to be involved in this Max Crosby conversation. It must be interesting to be in that locker room and everybody's talking about Max and he's getting all the media. He's going on all the big shows and they're sitting there going, hey, I want a little bit of this and they're playing that way. And I want to talk about the secondary, Lincoln, the ball hawks and the plays they're making. Marcus Peters with a tip. Hobbs gets an interception. Amik Robertson's uh, interception was one of the highlights. I'll be a top five this year no matter what happens. we got a lot of football left. So do you see the confidence? And what do you see? Because you see it on the same level as Patrick Graham, a couple of booths down. Do you think it's that much better with him seeing the field that wide and that high up with the safeties and the corners on the back end? 
Well, I know Patrick Graham, Coach Graham wants to have a he wants to use utilize either a two or a three safety look. And there's mm-hmm. been times where they've had to do it. Um, mainly because of injuries. We've seen that Marcus Epps has had to come down out of from a safety position to be more of a almost like a, a, a nickel safety or a dime safety type of where he's playing over tight ends or playing against somebody with multiple receiver sets. So to answer your point, JT and Eddie, um, look, the, the the secondary has been playing well enough. They've been playing, in my opinion, well enough all year, allowed the defensive line to get to get sacks. It's just that when quarterbacks have been able to extend plays using their legs, it's been it's made a, a little bit of a breakdown for the for the secondary. And there has been some sort of uh, sort of executions to break down some you some missed laps. You saw the last touchdown. The, actually, the touchdown the Giants has was a miss uh, blown coverage. You've seen it a couple of times. So they're starting to finally condense some of those. But you know, for the most part. The secondary has really had to do a magical juggling job where you talk about the injuries to some of the players and then the fact that they're really thin at linebacker. They had to make some adjustments at linebacker, had to let a couple of defensive backs go. So it's a really strong challenge, but you've got to get a rush that's going to get there. And just a little side note, uh, talking about the locker room. You know what? If I'm Adam Butler... I've got a serious gripe to pick with Max Crosby (laughs) because they credited Max Crosby with that sack. That was Adam Butler's sack. That was his sack, and they gave it to Max Crosby. They didn't even give Adam a half a sack the last stat sheet that I saw. So I think he's got a serious gripe. This, you know, number 98 is good, but he doesn't take it all. We were, we all were there too to share share in the wealth. So the big guy, I I think it was gripe. Yeah, the big guy's got to eat, Link. But I'm glad you brought up that. I'm glad you brought up that point about some of the faces, some of the names that names that have changed in the secondary because we look at at some of the rotation and the the secondary. The, especially the DBs that we've trotted out there are not necessarily the guys that we thought were going to be rolling out there week one. And I think Patrick Graham deserves so much credit for getting these guys ready, right? Whether it's a Marcus Peters, a Meek Robertson, a Jacorian Bennett, Nate Hobbs, who's missed a, a handful of games this year. Like, Link, Patrick Graham has done such an incredible job of having these guys ready and not having the top two guys ready, the top three guys ready, but having that entire collective on the back end ready to rock because they have never known when their day is going to be. But whoever's been in there, for the most part, has done a really nice job. It's Eddie, when you walk into the locker room, you're walking over to those guys. It's when you sit there as a coach and you say, look, I need you to be a professional here. Mm. I need you to go out and do your job. You're going to get your opportunity. When you do, you got to make the best of it. I mean, how about, you know, look at this past game when when Marcus Peters went down with apparent, it seemed like a, a knee injury. He was on the bench. You know, Jacorian Bennett had to go out there and play. Now, he's had a little bit of an up-and-down season, mm-hmm. right? So you talk about confidence might be waning. You never know where he's at. But he goes out there and makes a couple of plays, gets fired up, and they're able to finish the game strong. He's able to finish the game strong. There's going to be times where you're going to be tested like that throughout the season, and you've got to make the best of your test. Obviously, you know, Robinson has done the, the best of his test, but you, we talk about how many times has that other corner spot other than Mar- opposite of Marcus Peters gone through a change? How many mm-hmm. times have we seen different guys there? And we're still seeing a rotation. you got to play a rotation. When you, you've got to figure out what's right for you because let's face it when you get into the games like Kansas City who's going to cover Travis Kelsey he's been a, ne- a, a nemesis to us ever since he, you know, he came into the league when you play Miami how are you going to cover their multiple wide receiver set especially with all that speed of Tyreek Hill so you kind of have to get these things uh, good it's it's better for the Raiders that they've got some offensively challenged teams that they're facing as we work up to those moments. Alright Link I'm going to wrap it up taking a look ahead at the Jets and on Monday Night Football they really struggled and you could see the disconnect on the side Line. They couldn't believe it. Aaron Rodgers was shaking his head. Robert Sala was shaking his head. Zach Wilson just played terribly. And he played better at times this year. And the team's got a 4-4 four and four record. they got a lot to play for here. They're right there with the Bills in the division. Yeah. They were ahead of them going into that game. So I look at the stat that jumps out at me the most. The Jets are 30th in rush defense at 137.3. 
Raiders are 31st. We give up 138.7. So this is 30th and 31st. Jumps out at me that both teams are going to want to establish the run. This is an elite secondary for the Jets with Sauce Gardner. They're good on the back end. We got a young quarterback who's a rookie here. Would you assume it's going to be a heavy load of Josh Jacobs because of what you saw with the Jets on defense and especially the fact that their offense turns it over a lot? JT, Eddie, with with this, any team, any going in any game game plan, you want to have a heavy dose of run. Mm-hmm. The, the running game helps out the quarterback. It helps out. It helps you set up the pass. It helps you set everything else. You want to have more run. But more importantly, I don't want to get into a pass-happy game because the the Jets do have a pretty good uh, pass rush. And, and Robert Sala's teams have always been able to rush the quarterback mm-hmm. successfully with four guys. So I don't want to get in a pass-happy game. I want to be able to run the football. I want to definitely be able to take advantage of that. So much like the keys for the Giants game, same for the Jets game. Run the football and stop the run. And that's going to be imperative. But the big thing is that if you're the Raiders, you can't take any type of solace in the fact the other team's offense is struggling. You have to go out there and do it. What the Raiders need to do, and they need to do ex- exceptionally well this week, two guys, score touchdowns. You get in the red zone, you got to score touchdowns. You got to score it because that's how you put the pressure on the opposing team. That's what you saw last night in that Jets game. When the when 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 the Chargers went up by touchdowns, the Jets can't play conservative. You can't run the ball three, four times in a, in a series. You got to pass the ball to get back downfield, try to get scores. Then you become one dimensional. You play into the line of the defense, the hands of the defense. Yeah. And like we look at the Jets, and I think for me, you hit the nail on the head with the red zone efficiency. And, and let's see if the Raiders can kind of ride that wave of momentum, putting up touchdowns instead of field goals against the Jets team. Team that candidly has had a hard time scoring points in 2023. But for me, like we look at what happened to Zach Wilson last night, having a hard time getting on, controlling the ball, keeping the ball in his hands. This is a Max Crosby game. Is. This is a Max Crosby. This is a defensive line game. Go make life miserable for Zach Wilson. And if they're able to do that, Link, I, I really like what they're going to be able to do on the defensive side. Of, excuse me, defensive side of the football and making life difficult for a young quarterback. If you get any pressure on any quarterback, I don't care who it is, they're going to they're going to have a hard time. And because if they're starting to look down at the rush rather than looking down downfield, advantage defense. That's what you want. That's why if you hit a quarterback, you hit him early, or you show that you're going to blitz him and harass him, and it gets him a little frazzled, gets him a little worked up, advantage defense. That's what, exactly what you want. And that's what you. That's when you've seen when Zach Wilson has struggled, guys. That's what I've seen. He's been pressed because he feels I've got to get it to my star receiver or I've got to get the ball downfield or we've got to get a touchdown. That type of pressure does not bode well for any player, let alone a quarterback. Antonio Pierce got his first win. And normally I would say this if it was an interim coach. The game before means nothing if you can't win the Jet game. Mm -hmm. I would always say that as long as I've been in this building, except this last win was so important. It was a culture change, a quarterback change. It was an offensive coordinator change. Everything was on the line in the win against the Giants, and bravo for the Raiders for getting it. That being said, we watched this Jet team, and this Jet team has got to be beaten here at Allegiant Stadium. This is a home game. This is a home game. It's not on the road. And this game looks a lot to me like Chicago. Okay, here's why it looks like Chicago. Chicago was playing terribly, and then the Raiders went in there and had no juice. That was the beginning of the end for the former regime. That's not going to happen now. It's brand new for Antonio Pierce. Energy's going to be high. It's going to be different momentum. There is momentum. And the key, it's a home game. 
We got trapped in Chicago. We were not ready to play. Something wasn't right against the Bears, and everybody got blown out for that. Now this game's coming up. Don't make it look like the Bears. Don't make it look like the Bears in the first five minutes, in the first ten minutes, and if something happens and the Jets are in the game, play great and come from behind and win it. But, Lincoln, you know what I'm saying here because this is the big moment. This can get the Raiders to 5-5 and and an opportunity to really look towards the end of the year and have big momentum. They've got to finish the Jets, who are a wounded animal, coming off that terrible performance on Monday Night Football. JT, it's it's never that. I mean, well, it's that simple, but it goes without saying when you talk about the level of consequences when you're playing good versus playing bad. You know, you talked about the Bears game. I even go back to the Pittsburgh game. Because when you have a team that's scratching their head offensively challenged about what they're capable of doing, what you want to do is you want to jump on them early and jump on them hard enough to really make them seriously second guess. Like they were going to, they'd done all the games before then. We couldn't, we couldn't close out this thing with the Steelers. Didn't have a good performance at all going up against the Bears. Solid performance against the Giants, but we knew we should beat the Giants. We should beat the Jets. And I say that because I think the Raiders are a better offensive team than the Jets. So they should be able to score more than the Jets. However, you still have to go out there and do it. And I'm waiting to see if this team can max, match the type of energy we saw against the Giants, if they can match it again in front of the Allegiant home crowd. Thank you, Lincoln. We'll see you at Allegiant primetime on Sunday night. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks, guys. See you soon. The great Lincoln Kennedy says so much there. Mm -hmm. I love it. Love what he has to say as we continue. When we come back on Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union, we'll look ahead at the next four games, and it gets significantly different and harder. We'll look at the schedule and what the Raiders need to do Sunday night in primetime. This is Raiders Roundtable. Appreciate you coming back to Raiders Roundtable. JT and Eddie Pascal, thanks to Lincoln Kennedy. Eddie, we got to get into this entertainment. Yes, sir. You know, my wife's with me. She's a ticket holder. My son was there, and we watched the entertainment. We know a little bit before we go in there. You know, who's going to light the torch? Who's performing? This was one star-studded lineup. Yeah, I mean, we go, we start from the from the top. We got Babyface doing the anthem, and, I mean, what a fantastic jacket. I mean, I don't know if there's anything better than that. Kenny King lights the Legend. torch. It was on with you earlier this yep. week. Good to see Kenny back in the mix as well. And then I think we go to our guy Rick Ross, the big boss himself, the leader of the untouchable Maybach Empire. Always good to see uh, yes. Rosé with a throne, JT. Do you have one of these in the man cave? I do not. I can hunt my man cave. I do not have a throne <laughs> in my man cave. No, I haven't, I haven't upgraded to that yet, especially a purple one. Mickey Thomas, a starship, man. That's These are friends of Mark Davis, mm-hmm. and Mark has been friends. These guys used to be in the Oakland press box. And then how about our world the champions? champions? That's our right. world champs. That's right. A few members of the, the Aces. We got Chelsea Gray, the, or yes, Chelsea Gray, the point guard herself, in the house, getting the people hyped. And then uh, someone that you and I both know as we wrap it up with Don yeah. Felder, man. Look at that. Good to, see, uh, good to see Don in the mix as of well. the Eagles, and he showed the Raider logo. That's and right. a great friend of Mark Davis, and that's what Mark loves. Mark loves the entertainment, but he mm-hmm. cares more about winning yes. and winning. And you go to a Raider game, especially, I talked to Giant fans when they were leaving and at the game. I had some friends who came in. They're just blown away. They don't expect this. They don't know who's performing. And you get a concert, you get an anthem, you get the flag, you get the energy. What happens in between timeouts? They do a tremendous job in this building from an entertainment standpoint. Yeah, you get a full experience, right? Yeah. I mean, you go to a football game and you get everything else that goes along with that in the best possible way. And I think what, what uh, our, our staff does a great job of, JT, is not taking away from the game on the, uh, ga- sure. the action on the field, right? It's a compliment to it, and it provides one of the best atmospheres in the entire NFL. All right, what happened in the division? Kansas City was in Frankfurt, Germany. And- 
and they got off to a big lead against Miami. Miami stormed back in the game. It was an incredible game, the atmosphere there in Germany. Really cool. Singing, having a good time, but it was classic Mahomes again. Mahomes throwing guys open, making plays when they had to. And, Eddie, we'll have two more times to talk about it when Kansas City plays the Raiders, but Kansas City's defense is now legit. I didn't expect that. Their defense is one of the best in football. Yeah, which is a scary thing to say out loud when you have Patrick Mahomes uh, leading things on the other side of the football. I mean, they, they just feel inevitable that they are going to be in the mix in, in November into December. They're going to find their footing. Uh, and the Raiders, to your point, have two chances to kind of take down the King, and we'll see what see what happens. It's the misdirection and guys that are wide open there. Mm-hmm. Two had tried to get a comeback on, but Tyreek Hill on this fumble, scoop and score, and then the lateral. This is one of the top plays of the year in the NFL. You're going to see this one a lot unless Kansas City is stopped later on in the year. This was a big play. Good win for Kansas City to travel halfway around the world to get a win like that. That's not easy for an organization. No, certainly not. An incredible awareness from the uh, from the Chiefs defenders on that, kind of understanding the moment in the game. But to your point, man, I mean, it is going abroad is not easy. We have no. seen the Raiders do that with to, uh, to mix success in the past. But yeah, very, very hard. And uh, yeah, the Chiefs are starting to chief. Roger Goodell wants to spread the word of the NFL around the world. I support that move. I liked when the Raiders went overseas. It was always a great road trip. I like it. I, the, this is what's going to happen. No matter what anybody's opinion is, the NFL is international and it's going to continue to grow internationally. Yeah, we live in a global world yeah. and, I, and I think that we have to acknowledge that. We have to embrace that and you see what the NFL from the very top down has done exactly that and it's a lot of fun. We'll get more people involved in the game of football, G. So I'm on the air last night and I'm watching the Chargers Jets and I said real early, Chargers went up 14-0. They were going to blow out the Jets. They were going to crush them and blow them out, but the Chargers did what they normally do. They had some three and outs. They made mistakes. The Jets' defense really set the edge, and they turned that game around. But the Jets' offense was so bad, and they gave up a special teams touchdown, uh, something that I'm sure Antonio Pierce is going to talk about all week long because the Raiders' special team unit is really good. So this game... Took the crowd out of the game at MetLife early. Chargers get a punt return for a touchdown en route to winning 27-6. to The game was much closer than the score. Much closer than the score, but just can't do anything. He holds, he holds on to the ball too long. We're seeing Joey Bosa with the strip sack fumble. Khalil Mack had another big game. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers, we talk about the Chiefs kind of rounding into form. It hasn't been pretty for the Chiefs, in tw- or excuse me, the Chargers in 2023. But yeah, a big win on the road in primetime. We talked about the challenges of traveling east, of getting out there. Uh, and the Chargers, to their credit, did exactly what they had to do. Made life miserable for a young quarterback. And that's why they're enjoying a victory Tuesday today. Hey, just my opinion on this. The Raiders made a big decision marked it on a coaching change. I don't think Brandon Staler survives this game. If they don't win, I really don't. I think this was the Chargers played it like a must win game. If the Chargers lost their three and five, they are done. They are done. And they might play the Raiders tough. I'm not saying that, but they're out of the playoff hunt. And now the Chargers are back in at four and four. That's a big win for them. So the Chiefs, seven and two. Chargers and the Raiders right there. The Chargers are going to play Detroit. I think Detroit gets them in that game. Denver. I knew they'd fix that a little bit. They're looking like they're fixing that, but I don't expect Denver to win at Buffalo. And the Raiders, Eddie, as we said, we have a golden opportunity to go 5-5, five and five, take care of the Jets at home before the schedule gets really tough. Yeah, I mean, JT, as, as crazy as it sounds, right, you look at these standings, Raiders get to 5-5, five and five, and all of a sudden you go, all right, well, maybe they're cooking a little bit. Yeah, they have to find a game somewhere along the schedule against a better team record-wise that they can win. That's the key because there's still winnable games left, including the Jet game. We get that at home, on the road, and then Kansas City comes in at home before the bye week. 
Man, that bye week's still a long way away. You got <laughs> a young me, one brother. at home yeah. and a wife. <laughs> you still don't have any time yeah. off, man. Look at that. You're going to be here almost seven oh, days a week. That bi- How did they give us a bye week in week 13? Is that even technically a bye week? This, this is what I was talking I was joking when the when the schedule came out and people were like, oh, I like the late bye. Why? Like, It's nice having a late bye, air quotes. It's December. Yeah. It's December, JT. So, yeah, I mean, I think a battle of attrition, we see that in the NFL every single year. Who can get a little bit of lucky with the injury bug uh, staying away from you? But, yeah, certainly an exciting four weeks, an enticing four weeks. And now with Antonio Pierce at the helm, a very entertaining four weeks upcoming no for the Silver and Black. This is a very important week. We appreciate everyone who watches all our programs on all the platforms. Keep coming out. Allegiant Stadium. There was a change at Allegiant Stadium. Yes. Take it from me. From being in the crowd, at the torch, down on the field, there was a change. It happened. It's a new day in the Raider Nation. Hopefully the Raiders can build on this momentum and get a win against the New York Jets on Sunday. For Eddie Pascal and Lincoln Kennedy, I'm JT. Thanks for always watching and listening to Raiders Roundtable.